0: Hello and welcome yep. to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. He's Ramon in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovachevich and where where am I? <laughs> Yenzer Town. <laughs> I'm in Yenzer Town, downtown Pittsburgh. Downtown Pittsburgh, bone. Downtown.
1: Uh, I told you about it. So uh, I, whenever I assigned to assign to, uh, come here for uh, a free agency, I had this lady in Knoxville, man, sweet older lady. She gave me a, uh, a a lesson in Pittsburgh vernacular. And the one word, me and my wife were both there, and she's just giving us a rundown of how you say certain words. Uh, you know, down here, y'all say y'all. Up there, we say yens. And the, most, the one I remember the most was uh, downtown. I was like, you say it which way? Yeah, and it's, you say it exactly like that. It's
0: even lazier <laughs> than that. The, the, the <laughs> Pittsburghese is a, is a lazy dialect. It's don, lazy. Don. it's like that. Well, it's don, where does
1: don. that come from? Do we know?
0: Yes. Um, the origins of Pittsburghese are rooted in our heavy, heavy, um, what do you call it? Immigration from Eastern okay. Europe going back 100, 150 years when there was work at the mills, back when we had mills, which we don't anymore, by the way. And it became this strange amalgam of different dialects and accents. And it's the reason that we sound so different than even people like in Cleveland, Buffalo, and Chicago. That I-90 corridor, they have their own accent up there. Yeah. You know? We don't sound anything like that. Um, No. Plus, we have it's hard to get here. You know, we have a lot of hills. It's a pain in the ass to get here. You know, (laughs) I had somebody, I had
1: somebody earlier today that said Pittsburgh was easy to navigate. I was like, you must not have lived there for that long. No, no, no. (laughs) No, he He, couldn't.
0: Every once in a while, even Siri's, like just throwing up her shoulders, like (laughs) (laughs) no doubt, no doubt. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about. Inside linebackers. One of yeah. your favorite dudes, Robert Spillane. Why does everybody love Robert Spillane?
1: <sighs> He's Pittsburgh. And, and not in the sense of like the city. He's just embody what Pittsburgh is. Uh, as a person, you congratulate him. He shrinks. Uh, but when he goes out <laughs> on that field, he plays like a madman and which people in Pittsburgh are used to, especially the history of the team, man. Uh, you fall in love. Like with guys like the same story path that I had, or even guys who are first rounders. Like, Hey, by the way, congratulations to my buddy, my friend, Marquise. He got his picture put up on the center, uh, in the facility. There's a history of centers in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. He got his picture up today or wow. this week sometime. Wow. Um, But I mentioned Marquise because you never would have thought it was a first rounder other than the talent, right? Because he's a go-harder. He's a a, a lunch pail type of guy. He's, look, you're going to have to saw this leg off of me. And that's Robert Spillane. Uh, And that's what you can congratulate about watching him kind of flourish, you know? And this is the other thing. Pittsburgh is such a blue-collar, hard-working city that Spillane, to me, kind of, it shows that in that city, if you do those things, you can survive. And that's what he's done with this team, so much so that he he's created a fan base for himself.
0: Yeah, I, he's definitely got a fan base that includes the coaching staff. Oh, um, yeah. Mike Tomlin loves Spillane. And I don't even say that in some sort of negative teacher's pet kind of way. Why is he getting all these snaps? Yeah. Why is he out there on third down? <laughs> you know why? Because he's got a lot better chance of, A, doing the job, and, B, trying to do the job than Devin Bush. And the other part, too, of being a pro,
1: DK, is this. You either be consistent, right? Mm-hmm. You, I need you consistent, but it needs to be one or the other. You need to be consistently good. Or consistently bad. And with Spillane and his playing time, he's been more consistently good than he has bad. And yes, he has a player too. He's like, God, I need somebody with a 4-5 speed. Yeah, but, yeah, who can
0: keep up on the coverage. Yeah, but which you, he, you, he really can't.
1: But DK, but you know that going into it, and you know he's going to have little tricks of the trade to keep himself in the fight, right? That's mm-hmm. the reason he goes out there before Devin does, who runs a
0: 4-4. Inside linebacker is a position that is... You know, we, we talk about it, we curse about it, and everything else the way that's gone this year. And there's no question that the Steelers have to address it in the yeah. offseason. Uh, Miles Jack, he, his salary would go up to $11 million next year. Is it, know, was, is it
1: worth it? Yeah. Is
0: he an $11 million player? Um, yeah. Never mind the the issues that he had with injuries in the second half of the season, the knee and now the groin. Devin Bush, we've talked about at length. Spillane, he, that's the reason I started with him, is you know, he's just, he's, he's a positive. You love the guy and everything yeah. else here. And then there's Mark Robinson. Mm. What do you do with Mark Robinson? One, what the question has to be
1: first, what does Mark Robinson do for himself? What do you mean by that? Because everybody know the talent that he has. I know there's players that's bragged on. When I when I came up and did the in-studio show, in show with you, mm-hmm. I had dinner with those young guys. Mark Robinson was at that table with me. That was a very unique table. Uh, I'm talking about George Pickens. I'm talking about DeMarvin Leal. I'm talking about uh, uh, Mark Robinson was at that table with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they was there for a reason. All three of those guys have specific, unique traits. That coaches know if I can just get you to tap into that, you're going to see a portion of yourself that even you don't even realize that you have. So they had me have conversation with them. And This is not about me. It was about my path because I had to tap into parts of the unknown that I didn't know I had right as a pro. But the, I, I gave a lot of game to them just to give them understanding that it's not just your physical traits. Heck, it's a million dudes on the streets right now that look like you, Mark Robinson. It's a million dudes on the street that look like you, George Pickens, DeMarvin Leal. But what are you going to do with it? And that's where I'm at with Mark Robinson. I love the kid. I know he's physical. But how smart is he on the field? I'm not saying he's a dumb kid. No, 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 no. Not that. What I'm saying is how much smarter can he get? What's the tricks of the trades? How much can he pull Robert Spillane's ear? Rob, what would you do on this play right here? Why did you do this on this play? Uh, When he gets on the field, he doesn't need to start at zero. That's why I've been preaching my boys all this offseason. We get ready for baseball. Hey, when we get on that diamond, we're not starting at zero. I don't need you looking the opposite way when the ball comes and you're swinging out of your shoes. No. Mark Robinson's got to start at a five in the spring. And by the time Kemp gets around, he needs to be about a seven and then an eight. And then you say, I trust him enough because I know he's grown better as a pro. That's why I say Mark Robinson, got uh, he got to help himself first.
0: Well, the, it, the usage of both Robinson and Leal in Baltimore – was for me through the roof, Tomlin. And here's what I mean when I say that. He acknowledged that these were not going to be the two guys who were going to give them the best schematic chance of containing Baltimore, right? Right. Because they're rookies, they're young. Like you said, it's not a matter of being smart or dumb or whatever else. It's just, you know, you got to know what you're doing. There's some yeah. experience involved. Tomlin didn't care. This was the quote. I'm going to read this to you directly from the head coach. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about these young guys stepping up. The reason we played them is, although they lack experience, the type of game that we were in lended itself to their approach to ball. They're combative, confrontational young people. And it was needed. (laughs) Combative and confrontational just got stuck on their resumes forever.
1: End it right there, DK. I want to go so much further into We're this doing because it. it makes so much sense.
0: Oh We're my, doing it. That's a when, tease, isn't it? When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. So carrying on the combative confrontational young people concept, I'm standing uh, with Mark Robinson in the locker room in Baltimore, and TJ Watts, literally right next to him, talk about having a bit of a role model for yourself. Yeah, and TJ kind of hears what I'm saying, and TJ looks up at me and he goes like this, motions over to Robinson, goes, "Face in the fan." <laughs> now, now, Moan, Moan, tell people what "face in the fan" means, because I didn't <laughs> have to ask.
1: You know, I know we're in a in fragile environment as we we saw some stuff happen on Monday Night Football, but that's the game. It's how you sell out. For yourself, facing the fan means whatever's in front of you must hit the ground. That's exactly what that means. Like, yeah, I know that's a big back. I know that guy's fast. I know that's an offensive lineman. Go hit him. Show why this is a, the, the sport that's not built for everybody. Facing the fan means, look. Man, I hit you and you hit the ground. That's what that means. And it's been around that Pittsburgh locker room for a very long time. It starts in camp. It starts with guys that's understanding the role when it comes down to what it takes to survive in the league. Again, it's not a pretty league. It's a beautiful game, but it's not pretty whatsoever. DK, am I correct in (laughs) that? It's not. So you have guys like Mark that's got to go hit a, a, a lineman to free up another linebacker or d tackle or something like that. You have a guy like Mark that's got to go hit a fullback, Rashard, okay, the all-pro fullback from, from Baltimore, so that a guy like Cam Sutton can go make that leg tackle. Yeah. It's, it, it's a matter of what are you willing to do. You think about facing a fan. We, we can sit here right now put a fan in front of our screens or in front of our couches, wherever we're listening to, and you think about what that actually means. I'll give you a plastic fan. Okay, let's the tell
0: everybody man. where it originates too. This is yeah. this is a this is a Tomlinism and a half.
1: It is all the way,
0: and that's where TJ did not come up with this on his own. TJ no. was just correctly identifying the face in the fan individual to his left, uh, Mark Robinson from Day One in Latrobe and Demarvin Leal too. I don't mean to leave him out. Oh no, have been guys that have gone after the football, but also after the carrier of the football, and they've done it with reckless abandon and. <laughs> there's always going to be a place for someone like that, yeah. for a Robert Spillane uh, on the football field. Uh, yeah. The sport is not all that sophisticated. It's not. Know? And, and, and that's one of the things that w- I've long appreciated about Tomlin is that although he'll get into schematics and everything else here, you can see that his blood pumps when it comes to yeah, but they went after it. They got after it. They were physical. They were mm-hmm. tough. Uh, and at the same time, conversely, like you'll remember from uh, the last game against Baltimore, what was his comments about his defensive guys? It looked like we got tired. Yeah. It felt Like, remember he said that? Yep. It felt like we do. wore down. Well, what was one solution for that? Put yeah. guys in there who are totally fresh and have their faces in the fan.
1: And and willing participants, too. That's one thing he always mm-hmm. said. He made a mockery in my university, okay? He, he used to just say, we don't want prisoners. We want volunteers. Because you got to be willing to do those types of things. And it is not just, you know, those young guys. It's, it's just a people always say you got to look at what Mike T does and how he approaches the game. Like, he's speaking about these young guys that this team currently needed. DeMarvin, heck, George Pickens, okay, Kenny Pickett, young guy surgeons that we're really not talking a whole lot about, DeMarvin Leal, what well, that's saying to them, you young guys, you've been on the ride long enough. Show us why you belong now. And those young guys kind of rose to the occasion. But in the sense of, like, reckless abandonment, though, DK, there's a portion of it also that lends itself to saying it's not just um, the young guys, but it's vets that have to find that too. I I I, I, bring, I can bring up two guys in general right now. Uh, one, Ben Antonio, played that way, right? You knew mm-hmm. when he got the ball in his hand, it was going to be hell on wheels trying to get that guy down.
0: Especially and, if you're a punter.
1: <laughs> you see? What I'm yeah. <laughs> and the other one is this guy that was, a, a, I'm talking about on, on draft night, one of the guys, Darius Hayward Bay.
0: You see what I'm saying?
1: Yep. A, a, a guy like him that found his other path in this league on special
0: teams. Who
1: was Benny who was Snell?
0: Benny Snell. Benny. I throw Benny into this category in a heartbeat. I think it's made Benny a better running back.
1: Yeah. Th- th- think about the stretch of games that Benny had when he had to come in for for Najee. That, that that afforded him those opportunities because of what he did on special teams too roosevelt Nix was another one of those dudes you got oh no no no
0: subsets. rosie's in his own category i'm sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm, sorry. Day one. I'm sorry i'm <laughs> sorry rosie just you set him off to the side when we're having this conversation that, that's true i gotta human tell him we gave missile. A <laughs> you gotta do that that is uh, that's a human missile
1: no doubt uh but with, with with Mark though, and DeMarvin, and uh, George, and and a whole plethora of these young guys, like this is a, you look back at Colbert now, and you kind of say, this was a this was a rich little group you got here, man. If they continue to move forward, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm I, I love the fact that.
0: that you felt their character when you had that dinner with them, and and, and it's amazing how things like that can happen. Because one thing that you can say about this class, um, from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. from first round to the undrafted. Hey, yeah, yeah. That's part of the class. Let's always remember that it because Jalen Warren is playing and a lot of guys who were drafted aren't playing, right? Am I right? Facing the fan type of guy. You want to talk about, right? But if you look at the way this class has come together, uh, Kenny Pickett was named the Joe Green Rookie of the Year Yeah, uh, on this day. And congratulations to him. He He got my vote. But one thing that I liked is uh, Joe Rutter, the the reporter from longtime reporter from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, in presenting the award to Kenny, he said, I got to tell you, Kenny, there were a lot of guys <laughs> in your class here. And he started naming some of them that really wow. showed well uh, as rookies. And it's been a good class for the Steelers overall, hasn't it?
1: It has, and if DeMarvin hadn't had that injury stretch, I almost I think he would have gotten
0: it. He'd have gotten in.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it wouldn't
0: have just been the gimmick usage the way he's been utilized. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, uh, but but you're you're right though, man. This group, if Kenny learns a little bit sooner than it could have been, George, you know, like it, it's it's so many, uh, and I'll be I'll be real with you. I was just like, okay, picking the quarterback on your way out, that's cool. Well, you know, that's that's real cool, Kev. And I didn't think much of it because Kenny need to prove it to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he has as of late. But looking at just the entirety of this class, though, DK, you got to kind of, we'll outdoor grade on it at some point in the offseason and say what it really is. But this is a very solid group so far.
0: Yeah, certainly from the character standpoint, no question about that. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, no Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. It's brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability, Moan. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Today's entry comes from Jim Fairfield. Multiple exclamation points. So I'm really backing off <laughs> Hey, Moan! I was raised a Steelers fan. My dad was a fan who passed away one year before the first Super Bowl win. My boys grew up watching Bradshaw, Franco, Joe Green, and the rest. And then along came Ben, and his rookie year, a good friend who was a Browns fan asked me what I thought of my team's new QB, and I said there's something special about him, a certain it factor that raised above 100 other guys who could throw a football when Ben walked away last season, I thought, man, I'm too old to ever see another special Steelers QB with that it factor. But you know what, Moan? I'm watching Kenny, and I'm asking you, is it possible do we have another special guy?
1: Oh, that's good. Uh, one, uh, condolences to you and your dad and your family, and thank you for sticking around to Ben Steelers family, and I'm sure your kids and are all a part of the Black and Gold family too. Uh, with that being said, another portion is i think now more people are in appreciation of how you select quarterbacks and what it means we uh, early on dk was just like we got to be patient with kenny right uh there is a growth level i thought uh mitch should have started from day one and he did um i also thought if you keep mason rudolph in the equation as far as you know him being a game day active it kind of muddies the water a little bit And then you let Kenny grow and get more reps and yell some ups and downs, some bumps and bruises, literally, that he had to go through. Uh, But now we're starting to see a little bit of the refined product. Is Kenny the guy? I think competitively, yes. I think athletically, yes. I think understanding the environment and the horoscope of this city of Pittsburgh, yes. Uh, He has to continue to grow that. Uh, And he also has to be supported. And and the thing about Kenny is it was good in year one with the portion that he's had that jump from year one to year two. We all talk about that little cliche. uh, It does matter because we're watching the guy right now in New York, the jets that is year one to year two. It's not looking like they're wanting to keep that guy. That means a lot. When we spoke about, um, when we spoke about uh, Demarvin Leal and and Mark Robinson and George Pickens, same conversation should be had to them. Jalen Warren, same year one to year two, this group, but specifically Kenny, that leadership aspect. And I've had conversations with with people about Kenny, and every single one of them to a man has kind of said this: man, it seemed like his teammates trust him a little bit more.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's really it. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, to me, it doesn't get a whole lot more complex than that. You know, no. I, I, I'm tired of hearing about his arm strength and everything. the ball's getting there and it's getting exactly where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there. He, his accuracy's been on point uh, since the beginning, actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Where, what's been fun, and I'm going to use that word here, Moan, fun for me as a reporter mm-hmm. covering him on a regular basis. Is to watch the gradual steps play out in front of you, yeah. kind of like a how-to manual. Do you remember after the three picks in Miami that he goes to Philadelphia? And I mean, that was going to be tough no matter what. Okay. Right. And there was the one interception that wasn't remotely his fault. But do you remember the number of times he threw the ball away? Do you remember uh, the New Orleans? Yeah, newer, yeah. The, he the, was. Tossing it. It was. And he was throwing it out to the guy who booed Santa Claus. Like, it was up (laughs) in the 20th row. Okay? In the New Orleans game, threw the ball away repeatedly. Okay? And at the time, you're thinking, I'm sure as a fan or you're watching on TV or whatever, you want to hit the fast forward button. Can we just get to the good part? This is boring, man. He's throwing the ball in the crowd. Yeah. But guess what? what? Ever since then... Yeah. Since that Philadelphia game, he's thrown one, one post by yeah. interception. It was that gruesome pass against the Raiders uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One. Yeah. And uh, that's, that has to happen it, in the NFL. Does. You have to get past that phase. There are no quarterbacks who have gone through being an NFL quarterback without having hit that phase. So so to your point,
1: I was doing some research over here trying to figure out what's what and how we're gonna judge Kenny. There's one guy in particular that kind of sticks out above the rest as far as draft classes as of recent and how I, I hope Kenny's trajectory goes too. And that's Trevor Lawrence.
0: I'm oh, not comparing it to him,
1: but I you know I watch him closely and they got a real big game this weekend too against the Titans for the division for the yes. first time since our year, 2017. I mean, they should
0: be favored if we're being they, real here. Yes, they are. Yeah. They are. But, I love Josh Dobbs, but...
1: Yeah, 100%. Okay. I'm with you. Uh with, with that being said, uh Trevor Lawrence didn't really have a, dra- a rookie year, did he not? We can kind of agree that, Look, yeah, he had a year of reps, but it wasn't real with the coach that he had and how they went about business in Jacksonville.
0: That was nasty. No, nah, they blew up their own running game and there were injuries involved and they were the Jaguars.
1: Yes, and, and right now, the last six games, Trevor has been on a tear. And I feel like that's what we've seen Kenny's trajectory to. We're comparing, yes, it's Trevor's year two, but Kenny's true number one season. The latter part of these seasons, both of these guys have taken steps to lead their teams to wins. I've witnessed Trevor Lawrence is here in Nashville. I've seen Kenny's on TV numerous times this year and just watching that growth, throwing away the ball. If I'm not mistaken, Trevor Lawrence has 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. I know Kenny's his ratio is a lot worse than that because early on he couldn't understand how to take care of the ball. But this year we're comparing balance and how both have grown. The latter part of the season should push both of those guys into a higher role next year in the expectation of how they're supposed to play.
0: Everything is first half, second half when it comes to Kenny. Uh, overall, his numbers are six touchdowns and nine interceptions. Yeah. But post by it's four touchdowns and one interception. Now, of course, the touchdowns are too low. We all can agree yeah. that the Steelers haven't been great in the red zone. Matt Canada hasn't been great in the red zone, and Kenny hasn't been great in the red zone. Mm-hmm. However... You've started to see more and more of that. They're knocking on the door. They're getting down there, and then they're starting to poke their heads in. And more than anything, to Jim's point, Moan, they've done it on the last drive. That's your it factor. This can't be overstated or over-dramatized in football. It's the last drive. It it
1: can't, DK. And uh, if I was to compare him to somebody else, Mac Jones, second-year guy, he, he's just been fair, right? Uh, I can see Kenny, yes, being that guy moving forward, man. And, of course, you said something that meant a lot, too, is the Matt Canada aspect of play calling when it comes down to it. I don't think it's an issue with arm power. I don't think it's an issue with accuracy. It's an issue of trust, which Kenny had to earn that, and it's an issue of reps, and he's getting both of those right now.
0: Yeah, and better designed routes and everything else. We're not going to turn this into a Matt Canada thing. You saw me.
1: Good. Don't be oh, bad, yeah. DK. <laughs>
0: Let's do it again tomorrow. Let's
1: yeah, go. absolutely. <laughs>